Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. Let's begin. We're live on YouTube. We're live on uh, Zoom. And and Natasha, you're going to uh, you're you're the co-host. So you're going to act more as a coast as a, as a host than a co-host today. So I'm going to turn <laughs> this thing over to you because things just ain't working for me today. So. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone, to live between lives. And and I'm going to be messing up to myself because it's just a Monday and this is part of being life. And and we, Regan, I, and Kevin are all wanting to talk about how we can help you be more comfortable around the different lives that we live in. And that includes the one we're living right now. And with that, that many of us are transitioning out of this body form into another one. And that other one is a spirit, a soul, whatever you want to believe in. We're here to not necessarily change your core belief system, but what we're trying to do is add on to it. Kind of like, like I like to say about, you know, sometimes our computer it needs to be updated. Well, sometimes our belief system needs to be shifted a little bit and updated. And that's what we're hoping to do is just to give some comfort around a lot of the changes we're going through right now. And with that, that Regan being the hypo, hypnotherapist that you are, you know, you have done a lot of scientific study on how to how people have done this. You've taken people back through their memories, their subconscious, you know, and, and have dealt with the life things in this lifetime in addition to past lives. And I, doing the mediumship that I do, I've always had an understanding of the work that we do, uh, where we go. I personally remember being born. I remember a lot of writing my contract. I remember my soul journey at the very beginning of this lifetime. And so with that, the, my past lives come to me pretty quickly and others that I work with in sessions come to me quickly. So with that, that we're just going to hopefully give you another perspective on something that we're all traveling through, which is life. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and what a, what a crazy week this week too, with Trump and, uh, you know, and Milan, every coming down with the, the virus and then all that the circus, it's all going on with that, you know, it's like, wow. So, so guys, what do you, what do you think? I mean, we seem to be going through, um, a huge, I would call it a, a disruption in the force, uh, a huge problem with, with what's happening with, uh, the virus and the social unrest and the election and, and the, all of that stuff. Where do you, Regan, if you were to try and figure out how to, how to, how how it works and and why are we going through what we're going through what in your research has given you why we're going who's a who's a power here who's making us well, go through all this crap i can only give you a, a, a guess from everything i've read and heard 
Um, but it seems like it, we're going through something we need to go through, you know, mm-hmm. and like Trump, you know, some, some soul, some actor had to play his part, you know, to kind of mirror before us all of our dysfunction. And it's really hard for us to look at, you know, because you really see how for so long this country's been, been dysfunctional, but we've all kind of swept it under the rug, you know, the politics and everything. So it's just shown us the, you know, the corruption of politics, the, the, the thing that happens when power comes into play and people are more into power than in, into love. And um, I think this has just shaken things up enough uh, that, we, you know, like I say, when we get through this, we're going to be a, a better, hopefully a, another, up to the another next level of, uh, of love, you know, once we shake all of this negative stuff. So uh, I think we just have to, do, uh, each of us individually just has to put the good into this and not go down the rabbit hole with the negative. And I think we're going to, I think we'll be okay after a while. growing after this growing uh, spurt here i know even me with with me doing all the spiritual stuff it's really shaken my tree even you know like you know my my mind it's kind of messed with it some and i go oh i thought i was above having my mind be messed with with this stuff but it does you know because we're all human we're all you know trying to figure this uh this new modality out (laughs) I noticed you were uh, nodding your head in agreement, Natasha. So, so share, please. Well, you know, that's the thing is, is that we've been hearing for a long time, even those with us, those that were underneath the rocks, not wanting to pay attention that, you know, back in 2020 or 2000, when to that, when 1999 to 2000 came in, we heard the world was going to come to an end. You know, people thought that things were going to, well, that was kind of the beginning of our world as we know it. There's a song about that, isn't there? Um, that, the, you know, the world was going to come to, as we know it, come to an end. And the thing was, is that the world, Mother Earth wasn't going to come to an end. What, what we had to do as the humans on it was we had to shift. We had to be the, to the higher self that we needed to be. And I don't want to call it higher self, lower self, just lighter self, less dense self. Maybe there's not really a good word for what transition we're going through, but it's just that it's almost kind of like I, I used the, the metaphor when COVID first hit that a lot of us have been caterpillars, you know, gaining information, knowing what we needed to know, doing what we do. We were eating our information we had to go into our cocoon to to kind of um, go inward to process what we learned. And then we're doing that metamorphosis coming in out being the butterfly. What do we need to be now? What truths do we need to hold on to? Many of us had to let go of a lot of our truths that that didn't fit us anymore. You know, the ones that you know, came through the generations don't work anymore for a lot of the, the new agers, the new kids, the new, whatever you want to call us. Uh, And it's just part of that evolution of what are we going through? Even I, you know, I've kind of decided, so what if I short circuit electronics, you know, it's just my story, but yet it's not going to control me. So what have we needed to let go of even the smallest things like a self-perception to move us to a, oh, I can do this better. I can do this lighter. I can do this more easier. You know, like being a butterfly floating from 
uh, a flower to a flower instead of a caterpillar trying to get off the plant back up to another plant to eat what's over there. You know, it's like, let's stop being this, this kind of sticky thing that that's kind of ugly and be the beautiful thing that we can be the butterfly. So Regan, I, I wanted to ask you because, um, in your, in your research, cause you're a hypnotherapist, you work with Michael Newton and his work and, and you've taken people life between lives and, and stuff. Um, are we part of a grand scheme on the other side that we all got together and said, okay, guys, this is what we need to do to change the planet because it's not going according to how we would like it to go. And so let's all get together and put together this great big plan that we are going to execute when we go back to the earth. Is that, is that something that, 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 that in your research is viable? Well, I know um, to, a, to a degree, uh, a lot of souls have, you know, no, like especially Earth, they know we're in trouble a little bit. So a lot of them have agreed to come down, some for the first time, to be come down into the physical body so that they can be here to kind of, um, you know, be workers to try to help us to keep from destroying ourselves. And uh, Dolores Cannon, when um, uh, hundreds and hundreds of her people that she had go, uh, she put in, in a deep state of hypnosis. Um, a lot of them revealed when they got to their higher selves that they were volunteers coming here for the first time. So some of them are having a hard time being here on earth. I think we did talk about that a little bit in the last show because it's very difficult when you're down here. Um, but I think going beyond that, from what I'm kind of gathering, there's a collective consciousness uh, that, that covers everybody, every, you know, the whole earth in a way. Some people are aware of the going through this change. Other people's aren't. Uh, but we, we need to uh, we needed to put more positivity, you know, in a sense, into this uh, earth plane in a, in a sense so that we don't um, mess up this this experiment. <laughs> you know, uh, so, um, you know, we just keep doing the research. Um, and again, I want to start the show, too, by letting people know that uh, with, with the Newton Institute, that the technology we know now for doing research is we found a way for practically anybody uh, to go to a deep enough state of relaxation where you can easily research your past lives. Uh, you can also research where you go in between those lives, um, you know, and um, like Natasha was talking about, you know, she knows when she made her contract. Well, uh, the, one of the things that maybe we get into this time that we you know we talked about people in the last time going before a council or review, getting a life's review, uh, getting to have questions answered that they have about their current life and mission and everything. But um, after people are up there a while and it's different for everybody and they decide to come back down, uh, there's actually a process you go through where you're shown different, different uh, lives that you could maybe take you know, people decide whether they want to become male or female, what part of the, uh, of the uh, earth that they want to be uh, born on. They want, then they decide all the players that they want to ask to be in their life to play the different parts so they can learn different things. Um, and uh, it, it, most people describe it up there as like a movie theater where you sit down and there's, there's some guides or teachers there. And then they, like on a movie screen, they describe it sometimes as different uh, potential other bodies that they could have, they can see they and it's really bizarre because you can see people, you know, because there's no time or space. So you can go forward in time and you could 
I, I remember this one person who was watching this guy walk down and said, oh, he's in New York City. That'd be a good place for me to go. And he, he sees this man walk and he goes, wow, that could be me. And so he's, they allow him, they allow the uh, person watching to jump into that body for a minute and, and test it out. So it's, I'll tell you this, and that's all research. And we've just had hundreds and hundreds of people go through this process. So we're figuring something's going on here where there's actually, you know, a process and a planning you know, uh, when you're deciding to come down to your next life, you just don't get thrown down here and go, whoa. Although it seems like that once you're born, because the wall goes up and you forget what the hell you're here for, you know. So and then you go, whoa, what am I here? And then the, the, the learning process is in the figuring it out while you're here and learning that, they're, you know, we're just as close to the other side as, as we want to be, you know. Anyway, now that I confused everybody, but uh, just to know that there, there's an actual process people go through or that you went through is uh, we all went through before we decided to come down here and um, and have these, like some people go, well, why did I, you know, I've had people that will pick crippled bodies because there's something they can learn that, you know, people that will, um, you know, pick a different sex than they did last time because they need to understand what the feminine, feminine side of thing or the masculine side of something is. Um, you know, people put them in situations where they have uh, a lot of antagonists that are gonna really really try them on their patience or kindness or something to help them learn to be more patient or whatever, you know? So um, it's really neat to know this is, this is all planned. Everybody that's here, we all have a plan. We're just becoming aware of it now. So now we can kind of get to work, but it's all about love. It's all about helping the other person. It's all about making things better about yourself and everybody around you. So it's a good thing, even though it's difficult. Natasha, in, in your in your work with the uh, guys that you've worked with on the other side and uh, uh, Michael and Peter and, and Jesus and all, the whole gang, the whole gang of eight is there. <laughs> is there in addition to you have got a. Something going on with your life and your you're working on your own things. Is there an overriding planetary um idea of where they want to take us as a planet um, and as a collective for all of us, as well as the individuals. Um, is that something that happens? Yes. So you, you're basically asking, is there a bigger picture of what we're working towards, plus being the individual people we are in our individual work? Correct. Okay. I wish I had said that. <laughs> yes, there is the bigger awakening i'm going to call it that we're all on you know and you know we have to have sometimes you know as humans have to sometimes be woken up by getting head across the head you know we kind of have to not do it the easy way sometimes and so our awakening usually is by having a life drama trauma that causes us to go oh wait a minute you know, some of us can do it by tripping over something and stubbing our toe and others of us need to actually break the ankle. You know, it's it's one of those things that we all have these different perceptions of how do we learn. And if we start to choose, like I have labeled ease and grace into my life. So like when the um, stool broke out from underneath me, instead of breaking my ankle and going through surgery and doing it the hard way. I tweaked my ankle, heard it was time for me to, to sit down and do some internal work, which I did. And now my ankle, basically I'm running on it after two to three months and it could have been broken. It, I couldn't move my toes, you know? So it was that 
extreme of an uh, an injury, but yet at the same time, because I worked through it, asked for ease and grace, I'm actually pretty much healed within the reason of being just a little bit conscious of it when I'm in certain positions. So with that, that yes, we have the individual work, yet at the same time, the greater picture is how can we move into kindness? How can we go move into a greater love? And I'm not talking about the uchi coochie love. Love has many, tough love is part of love. You know, when we're starting to say, you know, this doesn't work for me anymore, family. I'm not putting up with that anymore. That's called love because you're willing to have love and kindness, but saying not in my house anymore. And, you know, I can go into more detail, but knowing we're only on an hour, you know, that there's just this part of this bigger picture. But if you notice what I just gave that metaphor for is saying tough love, not in my house. That whole family was learning about love because someone was willing to have boundaries. And that individual work of learning to have boundaries is helping the big collective of that family. And then we have the bigger picture of that and the bigger picture of that. It's kind of that, that story. If you touch one, that one touches six, that six touch, you know, 24, you know, it's, it, it grows and it grows and it grows. And that's that whole work that we're on. And that's why, you know, going back to a conversation earlier that we do have certain groups of souls coming down. You know, we've had like the rainbow kids, we've had the indigo kids, we've had the, you know, we've had these groups of children that have come down that are part of this bigger group. And that's why I have an understanding we're having more and more special children come into this world. The ones that have the, um, they're on the spectrums of Asperger's to Down syndrome to a lot of different um, scenarios because that they were, for one, they had a hard time being in our vibration on this earth. They didn't know. I see many of the kids that I work with in school that they were in a past life where they didn't communicate through their mouth. They communicated through telepathically. And so they're, having, they're confused because they're having to talk through their mouth and they don't know how to. They're wondering why people aren't understanding them you know, through their, their mind work. And, um, I actually did that with one child one time and he goes, you can hear me. You really can hear me. And I went, and and with that expression, you know, and telepathically, he was telling me that. And I'm like going, yes, I hear you. He goes, Oh, finally, you know? And, but yet at the same time, his body was showing the Asperger's syndrome. You know, just not being able to sit, you know, he's twitching and, and he was doing things because he was having a hard time with the vibration. And so with that, that there's so many kids now that just can't handle our vibration on this earth that are coming across different because that is what they're trying to do. And if you notice what's happening in a lot of the families, they're starting to find the greater picture of that. They're finding grace. They're finding calmness. They're finding um, acceptance. They're finding that life isn't the way they wanted it to be. You know, the perfection stick is out of the door. <laughs> you, know? you deal with what is in the moment, you know, and that's that part of working into the bigger picture of what's really, what is really here to teach us and why are we supposed to listen to it? You know, it was interesting because uh, and I'd like Regan, I'd like your opinion on this on this next one, because when I first got into the uh, um, 
searching for spirituality. It was like in the late 90s. And at that time, uh, Neil Donald Walsh had just come out with Conversations with God. Yeah, that's a great book. Which is a great book, and I highly recommend it. Uh, Gary Zukoff had just done Seed of the Soul, um, and there were others. Michael Newton had just done um, Journey of Souls, mm-hmm. and and there was there seemed to be at that particular moment in time a real movement, and mm-hmm. a, a lot of folks were taking and were moving towards a more spiritual angle, and uh, and at that time in the late nineties. These folks were all saying we are in the middle of a huge change and it's a change for the better. And then 9-11 happened. Uh And we ended up going back to where we were before. Regan, why why did they make 9-11 happen and ruin our whole day? We were having such a good time back then. Well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know the answer to that. But except that um, in a sense, I mean, if you look at the upside to that, it's, it's been part of this change too. I mean, it's an awakening that, you know, we're, we're, we're not just this little island to ourselves. you know, that there's this whole, the whole world out there can come and hurt you now, you know, and others. So we have to start paying attention and finding a way to like a family to include everybody and for everybody to get along, you know, instead of just being off to ourselves, you know, so it kind of, uh, you know, it was a wake up call, I think for, the United States, because we've never had, never had anything that even in World War II and all that, we were pretty much untouched, you know, uh, here, whereas, you know, parts of Europe were completely bombed out, you know. Uh, so um, I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like we've, we've, I agree with you in the nineties there, there was all that coming together and Dolores, you know, I, I have my first client coming Friday. So I'll let you know next Monday how it went with, uh, with the quantum healing hypnosis technique. So, I have a client coming who uh, I did the life between lives and she has a lot of uh, physical problems. And so we're going to try to get her to her higher self and to do a healing on that, on that level, you know, and I also, you know, when you talk about um, uh, Neil Walsh, what's Neil, uh, Neil Donald Walsh. Yeah. Neil Donald Walsh. I understand now how he was able to ask questions and get answers because when I have people in a deep state of uh, hypnosis and ask to speak to their subconscious, they, this higher part of themselves comes out in third person, you know, talks to them, uh, you know, they can ask questions and get answers to things that's in their life and everything. Um, and that's just what he did. You know, he was able to contact that higher part of himself. So he could ask a question in his human consciousness and then his higher self would come out, which is connect, you know, which is part of the all, with all the knowledge and was able to just, he was able to write all the answers. So um, that's where, you know, some people like Natasha, she's been able to know about past lives, things like that, that I have to put my clients in hypnosis to find out, but she's to that level where she just knows, you know, and for there's everybody from like Natasha who can just has that knowingness. And there's the rest of us that have a certain amount of thickness, (laughs) you know, depending on our outlook of things. We're not thick. Yeah. I, I certainly was. And so we're learning now uh, for the average person how to break through that wall and to be more, get things more direct like Natasha. Although when they come out of trance and they come back to their cells again, then, you know, they kind of, they don't have that direct connection every day like Natasha has, you know. So they have to, um, uh, although I believe a lot of my clients say that the wall got a lot thinner. So they Mm -hmm. weren't ever the same again, like they started having dreams 
like I'm teaching some of my clients how to look out for the, uh, the God sightings or the waking dreams that happen where these, the other side's talking to you by what happens in your life. Um, and a lot of them say, wow, I had this miracle happen today. Oh my God, I can't believe, you know, because now they're, the, the wall is thinner than it was before they had the life between life experience or even when they just go back and have a past life. I have a gentleman coming in a couple of days. He just wants to do a past life regression. And um, he didn't want to do the life. He just wanted to see if he'd lived before, you know? So I say, well, that's the first step. You know, you go back and you see a past life and all of a sudden you go, whoa, okay. Maybe some of this other stuff is really happening too, you know? But, so Natasha, are people, are people uh, um, on the other side uh, talking to you all the time and just then letting you know, do you do automatic writing? If you were to sit down and, and oh, say, yes. I'm going to write myself a book and you ask a question and you start getting the answer and you just. Yes, flow. actually, you should see some of I can start out with writing one way. And by the end of the page, it, it doesn't even look like my writing. So with that, that's that's that part of the the. Um, but I channel, you know, and channeling is where you I let spirit you come channel. through and and I do let spirit come through. Only certain spirits come through. I'm not a doorway. I that's one thing that I have have stated from day one is I am not a doorway. That's why I don't have a lot of spirits in my house. I've made my home safe. I've I've put up boundaries. I've put up tough love boundaries. Not in my house. I have a a, a graveyard. You know, just you know, if I talk, if I walk even just a quarter of a mile that way, you know, I have graveyard, but nobody walks through my house, you know, type of thing. And there's one thing that, you know, you guys keep talking about the books and I want to just make a statement. I think that's why the universe made me dyslexic. And I really didn't start reading until after high school because I had to sit with myself. You know, I had to go through the fear process of having spirit talk to me and who are you? I had to go through that because I didn't have the distractions that I have today of technology. Um, you know, that I had to I had to do something. I didn't get my knowledge from reading. I got my knowledge from hearing. And and I've learned, and that's the difference between a lot of people is is that the veil, that the thickness of the veil is usually lack of trust and fear. And when you start taking and you start trusting more what the universe is trying to teach you, show you and, and be with you with, and you have less fear about what is happening around you. Oh, yeah, I see something dark in me. Uh, oh, you're just a you're just a fairy that's kind of darkish, aren't you? Or like, you know, the dog that came into my my house the other day that was Kevin's and he was dark at first, you know, because he was just a shadow energy. Did I stand in fear? No, because I knew that I had to check what it was first before I said, yeah, not my house or, okay, who are you? Yeah. Who was so you were dyslexic for a while? Am I dyslexic for a while? I mean, you, I mean when you, you're, you're, are you still dyslexic? It never goes away. <laughs> People who say it goes away, I'm going to make a disclosure. Um, you learn to live with it and you learn to manage with it. So the tools you gain as you get older, it, it triggers less. Yeah. You learn how to, how to deal with it. 
Exactly. And so um, it's kind of like, you know, you take a fish out of water and they flop for a while. That's a young being with dyslexia. And then after a while, it learns how to breathe air, you know, (laughs) and it flops around differently. So the fish learns to be in, in air instead of water. And and there's different levels of dyslexics. You know, my kids are dyslexic, but yet you know, like my kid had a hard time reading, but yet he can do calculus and math at the same and physics at the same time. So with that, the, the, there's different forms of the mind. Yeah. Warping, I'm going to call it that now for me, you know, I'll, those things, like if it's a mirror in a glass and it's backwards, I can read it backwards and upside down. Yeah. I can write with my wow. feet. I can write with both feet. You know, I mean, so for me being able to negotiate with life gave me the ability to be able to negotiate with what the universe was showing me. I was more available to be a witness because I learned from watching others instead of reading. Yeah. And that's where um, that's where I think that the universe gave me that tool. And that's why I think I can go like flipping a page into people's different lives because my story, my life has been a book instead of me reading the book. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of taught you to look at things, you know, to have to, to really be mindful and how to look at things. I had a client of mine one time came to me and said, his son was dyslexic. What should he do? I said, well, just change his name to Bob. I'm I'm helping kids that I work with because I work in a local elementary school and and I'm really helping kids to learn that even if you can't read right now, you will. Yeah, you will. And just don't stress out about it. Just just try to do the better you can and learn what you can now. Yeah, it's interesting on the other side of the way the physics is different. How when I was over there, I spent that uh, three hours over there on the other side and um, it's just normal. So you don't think about it really. But when I was communicating with people there, it was, there was no mouths moving in a sense. You just, it's just like you're having a normal conversation, but you're not talking in the physical like here, but because it's normal over there, you don't think about it until, you know, afterwards you go, Oh, wow. I was talking to people over there, but I, they weren't moving their mouths or anything. You just, just have this direct communication, you know, which I think would really, boy, maybe that's one thing down here that we have to talk because we have to, you know, we can, misconstrue what somebody says we don't we don't you know someone will tell you something or you know when they talk sometimes like you know my wife she'll tell me something and she, you know, I'm go, yeah I totally understand and then I do something completely different than what she said and then when she's no I said this oh you meant that way you know and uh, so with telepathy I think you get more of just a direct everything there's not so as much chance for miscommunication you know yeah, no, it, it doesn't work that way because <laughs> I I can get the bigger picture, but then you're calling it that's see that's that's where people kind of get caught up is is that we have the human aspect in life. Yeah. We have the human aspects. So even though you got the picture of what she was talking about, she might have changed her mind a little bit and and did the evolution of of the process of what she wanted in the end result or how to do it in the end result. And so you might've done it the old way that you thought where she updated her way and it didn't turn out the way that, that she really wanted it because she evolved in her concepts. You never know what 
you never know really the bigger picture behind something because we can't totally be in the exact moment when yeah. a decision is being made to change what we're doing. Yeah. I had a, a girlfriend that was Russian for a while and she'd been here for like 17 years. She spoke English very, very good, but I think we broke up four or five times over a period of a year. And then she'd call me a few days later and go, Oh, I, I thought, I thought you meant this. And, and, and I went, no, I meant that. And someone at work says, no, that's not what he meant when he said that, you know, particular thing. So then we get back together again, you know? So uh, it, it just shows you, that's when I was really shown how communication can be so difficult, even if you're trying your best to, uh, to communicate. Communication is hard, especially, you know, when, when you can misconstrue what, whatever the person is saying. Or the other thing is, uh, on the other side, I think that there is much less of a compulsion to lie uh, yeah. on purpose, uh, to create something on purpose that is that is not to your highest good. So, yeah, we've, on the other side, the people we've had over there, we have not found such a thing as lying or fear. You know, it's just it's just this freedom of everybody's just truthful and loving to each other, you know, just like you would Accepting. think hope heaven would be. It's that's the way it is. And it's unfortunate that we can't be like that down here, but I, there are people that are working towards that more and more. Right. Well, yeah. I don't really think we're supposed to be all that. That's part of the life journey in yeah. this moment where earth is right now. I think we're, I mean this with a lot of disclosure <laughs> and subtitles. Yeah, you, better, you better be careful. This is being filmed. I know that, the, you know, that the evolution of us going from infant to elderness, we're on the evolution of this earth doing what we're doing. And I don't like a lot what's going on. I want to change a lot what's going on. At the same time, I kind of see the bigger picture of why we're going through what we're doing, yeah. i.e. I do not accept, you know, child abuse. I do not accept, you know what I mean? I don't accept a lot of those negatives. I would wish we wouldn't do those. I want to make that disclosure right now. At the same time, though, you know, we have to be able to understand shadows in order to get to the lighterness. Yeah. We have to understand the darkness, be able to get to the lighterness. And that's why there is darkness in this world, because we have to have opposites to learn. You know, we have to have the darkness under tables to in order to see the light on top of the table. And, and if we don't do that, why are we on? You know, and this is what I'm tapping in while I'm saying this, that there's not really another planet in our really close galaxy that deals with what we're dealing with on earth. There might be other planets kind of hip scotched around that kind of mirror us as a, as an earth. But at the same time though, from my understanding in this quadrant of our space and time, earth gives us a unique experience and it's called negative and positive reactions. Yeah, I'm having a hard time. This is the thing I hope in uh, talking to some of the other therapists, I think there's like 250 of us now, we're going to get together next March and a big thing to share a lot. But we share a lot on uh, through um, the different stories in a chatting room and that, and that kind of thing. But 
you know, when people get to the other side and they ask, okay, why did I have to go through this horrible, awful things in my life, you know, all this pain and things. And then they realize that they chose to, to have that challenge. You know, in other words, they, they chose it. So what are they griping about? But, but what I'm wondering though, too, is when a soul comes down, that's why I have to do more research is find out, okay, they came down with a certain plan, but, but we've heard that they get off of their plan a lot of times that they mm-hmm. make wrong decisions and things. So how much of the pain and things they're going through is stuff that they hadn't planned on going through because they came down here and made bad choices. So that just kind of adds to the, you know, adds to their burden of suffering in a sense down here. So that would be a good thing to kind of, you know, it's funny, the more things we find out over there, the, the more things we realize we don't know are just, it, like I say, I think we said before that one question answered, then another one comes up. Well, that, and, that kind of, and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about last time about how good things happen or bad things happen to good people, mm-hmm. you know, because we have the human aspect that throws, you know, I've so many times have had a conversation with an angel and they're just sitting here going like this, going, because they had this bigger picture for this person to do da, 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 da. And then the person went, hello, I'm scared. For an example, you know, not knowing what their scared was, I'm not going to label it, but they're just saying, uh, you know, and they had to replan how to get them to do what they wanted to do because they decided at that split second, the human, to shift the bigger picture of what was happening. And I would say that that that's that's part of the cause and effect of an adult making a split decision, maybe to have the alcohol drink, which causes the abuse for the child. And, you know, that child necessarily didn't come in wanting to be abused, but at the same time, the ripple effect of saying, I got to learn to survive. You know, maybe that was their life story that they, their life contract was they were going to try to find ways to survive because in the past lifetimes, they've been murdered too many times. Uh and you know or murdered too young in this lifetime they wanted to survive and so they've kind of in a way had the ripple effect of of choosing a parent didn't know the bigger picture because not everything is shown when we make a split decision to come in that oh i chose to have an alcoholic parent well sometimes we choose to have a parent but not necessarily the alcoholism detached but that helps us to learn to survive if yeah. we choose. But there it's- are also times when you chose that individual because you're interested in changing the seven generation rule. Mm-hmm. And so if you come into an alcoholic parent and then you, with your goal being, I'm going to change that. I can't help him or her but I can change generationally what happens in the family so that going forward, alcoholism ceases to be an issue because I certainly am not going to drink. Can I have another drink by the way? Uh, And, and I'm going to, and so what happens then is people, they fail because, and because they don't, um, they, their intention is good. Their intention is proper to not drink anymore, but sometimes it gets overwhelming. And that's, that's what we found uh, Regan in uh, the book and uh, um, um, journey of souls when they would go before the uh, council 
And the council would say, well, you know, you went down there with the intention of changing generationally everything, and you ended up drinking a fifth of vodka every day. That wasn't <laughs> such a good idea. And it didn't work out so good for you. And yeah. so that's so, but that's part of our educational and our, our learning process, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, all the stuff we're learning, you can't put in, you can't even put it in cement that this is the way things are because there's always, there's always variations and, and exceptions to well, the, the rule. We can, all, we can only generalize, you know? I well, mean, the other thing is if you, if, if I don't mean to interrupt you, but if, if I'm, I'm on a roll, so I gotta yeah. let me go. Um, <laughs> if you, as an example, uh, Natasha and I, and you decided on the other side that we were going to, create this deal when we came down here and 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 we were going to have this wonderful show and it was going to be great well in the process of your 60 some odd years or my 60 some odd years we just we made a different decision so you and i never met mm -hmm. then that changes everything about what our plan was yeah and then then we're on our own. And that's why we need guidance from the other side, because they're trying to help us or navigate through all the stuff that doesn't work out the way we planned it to for one reason or another. Yeah, we don't know even. I mean, the three of us, we could have been part of a soul group up there and decided at a certain point we were going to come down here and do this. You know, that's one one thing. And, and it, it would be I mean, it could be anything from. It's it, it's depending on how many listeners I think we have. It could be anything from it's just three of us getting together to help each other grow, and it could be that's a good all that could be, you know, or it could yeah. be us and whoever's listening and this in the future, and that they're all part of this uh, plan too. So, um, but you go here we are, and here we are talking about all this stuff. So we just have to, um, you know. <clears throat> Just yeah. talk about it and see what happens. You yeah, know? that's what that's why I say, and I'll say it to you right now, ladies and gentlemen. If you are listening to this, there's a reason why, and you got called to yeah. here to listen to this. So don't poo-poo it. What did you call the sex thing that earlier? There was that um what technical term did you use, Natasha? I have to go back now. So what was it? It was something something about uh, this. It was about uh, uh, love, not gushy gushy or or. Yeah, it, we're not supposed to be in the gushy gushy love. We're supposed to be in the we're supposed to be in the in the love that says I'm going to weather through the storm with you. And that... I'm going to I'm going to love you through saying no. I'm going to love myself through saying no. I'm going to love because love is the greatest healer. I call love is the only truth in the world. That's the truth. The truth. Capital T-H-E. The truth. Love. Nothing else. Because well, love can heal everything. Yeah, people that do your work, Natasha, and the, the people that do the work I'm doing are, are people that have, like my clients that go over there and come back and they just say, uh, they could just say it just I just felt so loved you know it just mm -hmm. felt so pure um, and over there that's what they tell you that's what this that's this whole thing is is about the degree of um, the degree of love that we can you know emanate through our beingness uh, you know every second you know um, so yeah that's a that simplified form we get that message every day from so many sources mm -hmm. yeah. we do we refuse to listen to it. Yeah. Well, and it's as simple as sometimes a tear, a raindrop right after a rain 
that the sun is glistening through it on a leaf that just turned green because it was new growth. And that's the representation of love from the universe. And we walk right by those tear, those raindrops, you know, that show us love and, or the, the, the bug that wants to land on us and talk to us or, or, you know, just the animal that comes up and puts their head on our, on our leg. And we just kind of get so busy and we forget about it. You know, love comes in different packages and we just kind of shoo shoo it away. And it's not, that's not what it's for. Yeah. Well, so many of us fall into a trap of not believing that we're good enough for love. And Kevin, that's probably why I'm in your life a little bit, huh? <laughs> well, well, I think you're good enough for love. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you swap me away sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, there is that. There is that. When I'm, uh, when I'm doing regular therapy for my clients that, that aren't into the spiritual stuff and we're, we're doing the uh, EFT or the tapping, you know, tapping on these different points that, mm -hmm. that take away things that which works like a miracle for people that are listening out there. Hundreds of uh, YouTube videos that from experience us EFT is having like a 90% something rate of getting rid of fears, phobias, post-traumatic stress. It works really good. But part of the tapping process is you talk about your issue and as you're tapping, like you're saying, you know, even though I, 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 I feel like uh, killing my boss, you know, I hate him. Oh, my God. I want to just, oh, even though I have these feelings of hatred. And then we have them stop and say, even though we have these feelings of hatred, I love and accept myself. And when it gets to that point, I'm just really shocked. It, people try to have that come out and they just get stuck mm -hmm. and they can't say, I love and accept myself. Some of them break out into just you know, they just cry their eyes out and all this pain comes up and you realize just how many people aren't loving themselves, you know, how it just, it shows up at that point. So to get around that, sometimes what I have to do is I have to tap and I say, okay, I, I'll tell my clients, say this as we're doing the tapping. I'll say, even though I can't say I love and accept myself and they can say that, they said, maybe someday, maybe in a few months or something, maybe I'll be able to say I love and accept myself later, you know, and that kind of opens the door a little bit. And a lot of times by the end of the session, they're able to say, even though reluctantly sometimes, you know, I love and accept myself. Um, so that was really a wake up call for me, just saying how, how, how as a, you know, as a, as, a, as a race or as a, you know, as souls on this earth, how many people really judge themselves too harshly and they can't forgive themselves. They can't love themselves, even though they do have some, even though they're just being human and have all these issues. So we need to learn to love ourselves. We, as a, as a, um, a race of humanity, many of us, because of who came before us, our mothers, as we were being carried in the womb, because they didn't know better to do better. And I'm going to make that disclosure. They didn't know better to do better. Taught us not how to be loving for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would even include my mother in that story, you know, that that she didn't know better to do better. Uh, she was a loving person, but she didn't love herself very much. But my dad, <laughs> I always said he had one foot in this world and one foot in the, in the spirit world. He took me at a very young age, put a stool up in front of the, uh, the bathroom window because it was over my head and said, it's time for you to say I love you. 
look at yourself in the mirror, in the yeah. eyes and say, I love you. And because he was dyslexic too. And he didn't, if it wasn't for my mother, he wouldn't have graduated from high school. He could not even hear vowels. He, he was vowel deaf. And so he couldn't hear vowels. And so um, that's what I grew up when my mom, she was a good speller until my dad and I came along. <laughs> we really messed her up. But, you know, he knew the greater picture because of being intuitive, because of things that he knew that there was something about me that if I didn't figure out love in this story of my life, that I was going to be a ping pong paw, a ping pong paw. A ball being bounced around in a in a game. You know what I mean? That it was like I because I was starting that, you know, I was very reactionary instead of interactionary. And so with that, that finding that solidarity in myself gave me a chance to not be so reactive to life. Yeah. Matter of fact, um, maybe this is a good time since it came up. that's one of the things almost universally with all of my clients, I teach them a spiritual exercise and it's the, I love you exercise, which Mm -hmm. is looking in the mirror thing. Well, but I tell, I teach them on a technical, like what we've learned about the mind and the subconscious and how it works and how you, I tell them that even if you, if, even if you think you're being disingenuous when you're looking in the mirror and you're saying you love yourself, um, the way the subconscious works, the see the subconscious doesn't know the difference between fiction and nonfiction. Like you can be in a movie theater watching somebody that you, you really get to like is this character in the movie and then they get hurt and you start bawling your eyes out. Your conscious mind knows that they didn't, you know, they, uh, they didn't die. They're going to be in another movie next week, you know, but the subconscious saw someone you cared about, so, you know, die or get hurt. And so you just have all these feelings and emotions. So um, if when you're looking in the mirror and you're looking, it's like you're looking at another person in a sense, here's this other thing here. And you look in the mirror and you go, Whoa, I love you. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. Oh, I'd love you so much, Regan, you know, something like this. Your subconscious is seeing you talk to yourself and with feeling and say that you love yourself. So after a while, you'll find your subconscious just gets on the same page and you just start finding you just, it's easier to say and you start finding yourself loving yourself because uh, even though it felt like not honest at first, but your subconscious, you retrained it so that anytime it sees you in the mirror, it goes, oh, there's someone we love. Nice. It makes you feel good. You know, um, it's weird, but how the subconscious works, but you can program that. People don't realize it's like a software in there and that our subconscious is uh, what we call the subconscious. Uh, this part of the brain is uh, is programmable. You know, uh, that's why right now our, our subconscious is a, is just a accumulation of everything we've decided to accept as truth. You know, whether it came from a, you know, a TV show you heard someone talk about or a parent or a teacher or something. Most of our thoughts and feelings and what we believe is not even our, it's somebody else who we decided to believe what they believe. And now we believe it's us. You know, they say that it's rare that anybody has an original thought. That's why we're, when we hear some of these gurus or some of these people on, they have these thoughts that are out of the box and all of a sudden we go, whoa, you know, and uh, they had an original thought that other people hadn't thought of. And then we, decide to take it on as our own, you know, and, and become ourselves. So anyway, everybody, if you're listening to this, look in the mirror and with as much gusto as you can, it's hard to look yourself in the eye sometime, but do it and just say, start saying that, you know, I love you. Say, I love you. You can say, I love you, even though you're all messed up, even though you can't even, even though you're an alcoholic, even though, and all this, I still love you. And you're, you know, you just talk to yourself that way and just watch. If you do that for two or three weeks, 
when you sit down you're gonna and think about yourself, you're gonna go, Well, I kinda love myself. Oh my gosh, this is cool, you know. So anyway, that's a, the exercise of the day. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. That's a very fine exercise, sir. Yeah. Um so go ahead, Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Natasha. We triggered something in you, my dear. Um, oh, no, 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 no. But that's that's the thing is, is that, you know, I can see it witnessing it even in my own children that, you know, kind of making a collective of what we've talked about in this time that like my kids, they maybe came into this world to figure out how to be themselves. I know my elder child came in knowing things. He, you know, he just, he, he just was wisdom that came in. He was a very old soul. And to this day, he just walks with grace. My younger child had to learn to, to figure out the love thing. And, you know, started out as, as a young man and now is turning into a lovely woman. And, you know, that, that transition of, of figuring out herself but I can say, though, that the generationalness of of alcohol going to alcohol as a um, as a grace, both my kids don't drink. They don't do drugs either. And that's one thing that I worked on very young was breaking a lot of those ties. And, yeah. you know, that, you know, we can as generational work do that. I've done a lot of general generational work just by going back through metaphorically my mother's womb into another womb, into another womb, into another womb to find out why an illness happened in our family. So how many wombs do you have in your house? <laughs> but that's that thing of meditation, going back, going back, going back, then you can heal things. You know, that's yeah. part of this work that you're doing with the healing that, you know, it is where you can do some healing work. Now, will I know that that works for me? Well, maybe if I live to 100, you might say, yeah, it worked for her. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's one of those things that we always do something to help us do better today so we can do better tomorrow. And that's not right or wrong. It's not perfection. It's just let's do practice to do better, you know, get lighter, help have life easier on ourselves. And that's what we're we weren't brought to this world to be punished. You know, we can take that punishment and be a victim of it, or we can choose to just step forward and say, thank you for that grace of wisdom you gave me. And and now I can do better with that wisdom to go on to my next journey, because I can tell you that everything that I learned gave me tools for the next thing I was supposed to do. Of course. Yeah. That's I was thinking this. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, well, I was thinking this week about um, uh Somebody I know when I was speaking about reincarnation again, and they go, no, I only believe, you know, we're born once. Well, they are absolutely true about that. Because mm -hmm. when you go back to the source, we're just born, you know, God created us at the source. So we actually do just have one lifetime, and but we just live it as many different characters, you know. So it's just broadening how you look at things instead of, instead of it being at conception where you were, uh, where you were created you were actually created before conception. So conception is just you coming down as that being you are and getting into the, uh, into the womb, you know, and, 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 and coming alive. So it, when you think of it that way, then you go, oh yeah, you know, if you want to say we just live, we just live one lifetime, you know, this is, 
just have just many different chapters in it is all, <laughs> you know. So it just expands, expands the awareness a little bit. Which brings us back to life between lives, because we all have life between lives and we have many, many lives and we do it with a purpose sometimes. And sometimes we do it with no purpose at all. We just yeah, want but, to you know, sometimes people decide to have a little R&R &R yeah. and they'll talk to you know, what Michael Newton found out. And what I finding out some of my clients are on the other side and they go, well, you know, I just came down and my soulmate and I up there, the person I'm closest to in my group up there, we decided we've been doing enough learning for a while and they'll say, let's just go down and just enjoy some life on earth. Uh, I know a couple of good friend of mine, they've been married for uh, 15 years now, and they both knew early on that this, you know, they haven't, they've basically not had any issues in their whole marriage. They've just loved each other. And, and they're just the coolest people. They're just full of joy and happiness all the time. They say, yeah, we just decided to come down here and just enjoy stuff for a while. You know, and then we'll get working on this other crap later, you know. <laughs> and I can say that probably about my my elder son, you know, that, you know, he's come down and, you know, he's he, he's grace. You know, he just has grace and understanding. And, 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 you know, he does what he does and he does what he needs to do. And he doesn't go eh, when you ask him, is there a problem? Eh, eh, eh. Well, and that's it's, it's kind of how, how you decide you want it to be. I think I came down here because I was going to go to a high school that was a experimental high school that had a two and a half. It had half the school was the gymnasium. And so I got to play basketball and baseball and football and all that stuff for, wow. for four years and didn't didn't learn a thing, which, <laughs> which, of course, everybody said, you didn't you didn't learn nothing. You're not going to be nothing. You're just going to didn't affect me a bit. I did fine. Thank you very much. But I had a, I, had, I learned how to play gin and and pinochle yeah. and and played basketball three, four hours a day and, and just enjoyed myself. Um, and of course, everybody thought that I, that was just crazy. You can't enjoy yourself. How can you enjoy yourself in life? It's too hard. You're supposed yeah. to work at this. I, yeah, but you probably learned a lot about relationships. You learned about how to navigate with winning and losing. You, got, you learned how to navigate through probably a lot of other aspects besides what people think learning is. I still hate losing. Learning isn't about always books. And arithmetic and all the different math aspects or reading aspects. It is about the big picture of being able to navigate with one on one with another person, how to navigate being by ourselves, how to navigate being in the mind and not letting the mind be our greatest teller about what our lives should be. You know, that, that there's other things that we can learn. And that's that's kind of what I'm feeling like we're unearthing right now. It's not about what are we learning in our books. It's about what are we learning about the person in the mirror so that we can be the greater selves. Like I have a friend who, you know, she's worried. Worry is her greatest caller. You know, if somebody says, I can't come there, she's like, did you get in a car accident? I think the, the, if, if she can let go of that, her whole life, her body would be happier, you know? And if she, if that's all she accomplishes and learns in this lifetime, yay for her. She's going to learn something huge, you know? Yeah. But that's why people need to come and see people like you too, because the, you can give them an insight. Let me give you a quick example. My uh, mother-in-law was uh, when she was when her parents were 40 uh they were childless 
And one day her dad came home with her. She had been uh, adopted from a young gal in Tacoma. And uh, my mother-in-law had, had grew up with her grandma and grandpa and they had, she was born into, not born into, but she um, had an entire family, 30, 40 relatives on that side where her mother, her, her birth mother was poor, was by herself and her life would have been miserable. Instead of looking at it like, gee, thanks mom and dad for, for saving me from that life. And I love you and I love my family. She took the status or that or the, she took the stance for her entire life that nobody loves me. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm adopted. My mom didn't want me. My dad didn't want me. So I am. So that perspective that she carried with her for 88 years, carried with her the whole time and it ruined her whole perception of life and it affected her daughter mm-hmm. in, in that. So it became a generational thing instead of, so she could have with one switch, she could have said, I'm the luckiest girl alive because I've got parents who love me and an entire family. And I love my birth mom and I forgive her and let it go. Yeah, I, for the whole thing and it ruined it, it and it's it, generationally it continues her son committed suicide the other son it, 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 and her daughter uh was was stupid and did some really weird stuff so so it became a generational thing and it's all by just making that one switch had she made that one thing and so if we if, if that's why people need to come to see you too because you can watch people make that switch yeah, uh, it, it, people don't, I've seen people get healings, like some of my clients for just a normal therapy, you know, where they have issues, just like you were talking about, you know, um, and I get them really, really relaxed, sometimes hypnosis, and I say, well, let's just take a minute and look at it differently. He says, what if, you know, what if your when, you know, your mother gave you away because you know, she thought it was the best thing for you because she knew she couldn't handle you and she knew she had a horrible life to bring you into. And she loved you so much that she wanted you to get with a family that could give you a better life. And I say, just just, just picture that. It says, picture your mom and your imagination. You're just a little baby and she's giving you away and she's crying and whatever like this. And when people come out of hypnosis and that and they go, it says, I never thought about that. But then all of a sudden they're thinking about that and then they, and, and they, something shifts. All they have to do is, uh, you know, like we choose to have a good day or a bad day. You know, we, it's, people say, no, no, this has happened. I said, well, some people I know are in the same situation as you, and they look at it as a growth opportunity. Same situation, but look, they're happy and you're not. So why don't you just change your, you know, just change the way you look at it. You'll see Tony Robbins on the Internet when he's working with people in the audience and they bring up something. He has them, he has them shift uh, the way they look at something. And people right there before your eyes, you'll see them, their problem just vanish because they just all of a sudden they go, oh, wow, I didn't look at it like that. And then when they do, you know, it's like it's, it's a game changer. So, uh, yeah, change, change your attitude, change your life. This is my favorite topic because yesterday I, after the Seahawks won, ha ha ha. And I felt good about that. I felt like being shitty the rest of the day. So I was, and that's fine. I, you're allowed to do that occasionally. You just can't live with it all the way that way. So if, if my mother-in-law, uh, Natasha had come to you, what would you have helped her with? 
Well, like I said at the very beginning of this, that sometimes we have to shift something and it's kind of like updating the computer. You know, we may not always want to update the computer, but sometimes we find out those updates make our life easier. And and so with that, that I'm just asking that when I do have that kind of situation, I give people a different perspective to look at. And I say, if you don't really like it or, or you're having a hard time with it, put it in your back pocket and carry it around for a little while and, and see how it might integrate into your life differently. Because your life can be easier if you decide that you're worthy and you're in an alignment with your life being ease and grace and you're worthy of love. And a lot of people don't realize that we are worthy of love. That was a disclosure that was never taken away from us when we were brought into this world. Yeah. We were supposed to be loved. We were supposed to be worthy of love. But some reason in the womb, out of the womb, somewhere along the line, we heard a truth that said we were supposed to be unlovable. And we decided that. And as the human walking in this earth decided to hold on to that and Ouch. I'm sorry. I I wish that somebody could say, I, I'm going to, if somebody heard this today, I would pray that that seed that I just planted or had the opportunity to plant could be fertilized for someone to be able to be loved, to feel loved inside themselves, to know that if they gave themselves a hug, you know, that they would be actually feeling love from that hug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, um, what we learned, what I learned in hypnotherapy college and the way the mind works, so this would be the technical aspect for those of you listening, <clears throat> is that um, when your mind is being programmed, you know, from when you're born until, you know, now you're still being programmed, your subconscious is accepting things as truth, you put them in there, and then that's what you believe. Between zero and eight years old, that's when most of the mind is formed. So mm-hmm. if you're a little kid and somebody of authority or someone that you look up to or that has power over you tells you something, you just take it in as truth. You don't research it. You don't anything. It just comes in as truth, you know. Um, and that's why we call the age of reason when sometime around 10, 11, 12, 13, you, all of a sudden you start getting a mind that can think for itself a little bit and start, pro, you know, deciding what you're going to believe. But up until that time, so you, when you have children or whatever, you got to be really careful about what you put in their heads. You know, like if, you're, if your kid's uh, five years old, you know, um, and uh, just going to kindergarten and they, or first grade, they come home with some homework and you get frustrated and you go, oh, you're so stupid. You know, that little, that little mind goes, oh, I'm stupid. Okay, so they can go through the rest of their life feeling like they're stupid. They won't, you know, one of my clients didn't even go to college because... Her, her dad had gotten frustrated when she was young, you know, early in school and said, oh, you'll, you know, you'll never learn this. You're so stupid. So she just remembers when it was time for her to go to college, she goes, I'm not going to go to college because I'm not very smart. You know, and it was all because of what her dad said to her when she was a little kid. So um, I have to help people, you know, reframe that and start to look at it as the I could say they're 50 years old now. They have to look at that, what their dad said to them from the perspective of a 50-year-old, not from a seven-year-old, which they're still looking at it in their mind, you know. So you just re- you have to reframe it. You have to come out of, you know, have to reprogram what was programmed into them in a bad way, you know. So and watch what you say to your kids. Yeah, that's why your work can help people get through that because yeah. oftentimes we don't, we, we say stuff 
into our own mind that we believe because somebody who was maybe six years old at the time told us that. And mm-hmm. so we believe what a six-year-old, it's just insane. We take to heart what a six-year-old said to us 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And it and verbatim, it comes up into your mind when you say, when you look in the mirror and say, I'm pretty, there's a six-year-old back there that said, you're ugly. And so I believe that. And, and we're so, we're so silly that we believe stuff that just is inherently not true. Or from what I get to, because sometimes I go back in somebody's life and I see trigger moments, you know, and sometimes I see a three-year-old sitting in a room listening to their parents or somebody, an elder or older people in another room talking or arguing. And they, through hearing another room, being a three-year-old, took something and because of it being energy, many of us are energy, energy. We listen to other people's energies more than we listen to the words. And so there was a lot of hate or discontent or something in the house. And our energy took on that disbelief of, oh, I'm unlovable because there was unlovable energy in the house. And so with that, that it's not always words. It could be energy that somebody felt. And, and so, but we have to know that at that minute in time, we didn't know better to do better. Our parents, our loved ones, the people around us, our older siblings, our younger siblings didn't know better to do better. Now, if we're listening to this, we have an idea of a seed being planted for us that we can shift to do better and to believe better of ourselves so that we can live in this lifetime and be more graceful and walk the path that we're supposed to walk. So when we go through our life review, we can say, ah, I did get it at a moment in time. Okay. Real quick story for the two of you. You can psycho psychoanalyze me. How about this? Uh, when I when I was, uh, I don't know, 10 or 11, uh, and um, every Saturday it was like clean your room. And um, and so this particular Saturday, my mom, I said, can I go play? She said, no, you got to clean your room. So I'm going shopping, clean your room. When I get back, I'll inspect. And then if it's good enough, you can go. And and so I, you know how sometimes you don't want to do something, but when you get into it, you kind of get into it. And you really want to do a good job and you, and you really, really, really want to make it nice and make it work. And so I did that. I even put the vacuum cleaner away and shut the door to where the vacuum cleaner goes. And so my mom came home from uh, shopping and uh, I said, can I go play now? She said, no, you haven't cleaned your room. I said, yes, I did. And she said, no, you haven't. The, the vacuum cleaner is still put away. Yeah, because <laughs> you never put it away before. Do you know what in my house for the rest of my life, you know what that never gets put away? <laughs> that, is, that shows you how, see, it's all those little things. Well, people, people need to know that, uh, like I say, they, your subconscious is programmable. So if you have even little things that you have in your life that are bugging you, little habits, little things like that, it's um, uh, for people that have a good talent for hypnosis, which is majority of people, you know, um, a good therapist can get in there and just, you know, do some spring cleaning and throw out all this garbage that you don't need anymore and uh, g- give you a whole new perspective on things. Um, I had a, 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 a gentleman come to me to stop vaping 
vaping uh, again. He came back for his a second session and I asked him, did it really help in the first one? He goes, yeah, it really helped. He says, I'm just, just a little bit quite not there yet. So I just had him in his, uh, he went really, really deep. I had him go to this island and it was his own special island where everything was perfect and his body was perfect and he didn't vape and it was all great. So I had him go to the top of the mountain and um, there I had him um, turn around and ask his higher, his, his self to come there. So he's face to face with himself. So he could see himself like, you know, like a second person there. And I said, now it's not me telling you, but I want you to tell, tell yourself here, person to person here, all the good reasons that there are for stopping vaping and how good you're going to feel about yourself. I said, now I'm going to be quiet for a little bit, have this conversation. So when we came out of it, he says, wow, it was like, I was just standing right in front of myself, reading myself the riot act and telling myself, you know, what's going on. And I did that because I talked to another therapist and that's one of the most powerful ways you can do in hypnosis is don't you tell them, have them tell themselves, you know, to stop, you know, <laughs> it's a lot more powerful than coming from somebody else, you know, when they're that way. So we'll see, you know, but he's doing a lot better. So. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. One, one more quick story for you. Um, and that <laughs> this, this involves my brother who is, who is very sick right now. And I'm, yeah, I was going to ask you, he's still, hanging in there huh uh it's it's the slow decline but it's it's he's doing what he can and uh but but uh we used to do home movies and you'll remember this you're too young for this young lady but uh I'm older than you guys think i am well this goes back to the 50s um okay but i did watch a lot of and i know a lot of things because my parents did talk a lot about it so yeah well they, they did uh, um some home movies and we and they survived today because they um, it was a home movie of a bunch of people at a party. My mom and my dad, my brother was crawling over my mom sitting in the middle of the living room were two things, a giant ashtray because everybody was smoking and a half gallon bottle of Jim Beam. Those were the days. <laughs> Those were the days, and that's and that's how they used to party back then in the fifties. Yeah. Um, they had the, the so this so that's where my brother got his uh, his uh, compulsion. I think you know, it probably was family related anyway. So, but yeah. that's, if a person um, parents uh, smoked and then they decided to smoke, sometimes that's an indication. It's a little harder mm -hmm. to get them to stop, you know, because it's been ingrained in them that it's just natural, normal, and. And a lot of kids start because just their parents smoke. So they just figure they're going to smoke when they get to be that certain age. Well, my brother's mm -hmm. 64 years old. He has stage four lung cancer and smokes almost a pack a day. Still. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, at this point, there's no point in him quitting because he he's tried. He's quit so many times and just I quit for 15 years. But that's life. So anyway, yeah. um, you're the co-host, so it's time for us to wrap this one up. So they, we're going to have you take it out. What do you think about that? I am just so grateful for this moment to be able to be a voice and to help just have conversation about life and how we can help out. And there's just some magic that can happen in our lives right now. This awakening that we're doing right now, and I'm going to tell you, Mars in retrograde is really making us look at, is this a truth we can really need to hold on to anymore? Just kind of like you, Kevin. Now you're going to look at your vacuum cleaner a little differently, aren't you? <laughs> no, 
No, I've told that story before. It's never going to be put away. I mean, oh, OK. My mom's 89 <laughs> and I still tell her I cleaned my house today. She said, great. I say, and the vacuum's still out. <laughs> You're doing it for spite. <laughs> you know, and, and that's one thing that I'm hoping that we can do today and every day that we're together that we can help change or shift a perspective just to bring some grace into your life. Because grace is really, it does help. And we are deservant of the grace and the ease and the worthiness of being loved, even if it is secretly done in the bathroom in the mirror or somewhere that you need to look in the mirror. You don't have to tell anybody else. It's your own personal journey. And that's what I want to get to is that everybody's life is a personal journey when we're before we come on to this in this, this body and as we leave this body it's a personal journey and when we do that personal journey and we make it the better we can life does get easier regan yeah okay <clears throat> do the uh the little pitch here because um the technically how people can help themselves Sometimes we need a little help, and that's what's good to find a good therapist to just to just clear yourself of this life's problems. But um, to go even beyond that, if once you've cleared this life's problems, why not clear the problems that you might still be hanging on from other lifetimes? So, if you want to know about reincarnation or life between lives, which is where your soul goes between lives, and how easy that's what blows my mind. Like I say, we're, I'm at about 84 percent right now, but that's about most therapists. If you want to have a past life regression or you want to, you know, talk to uh, uh, beings on the other side, talk to people that passed away, find out what your life is and everything, you can have a life between life session. And um, between Dolores Cannon School and Newton now, there are over 100,000 people that have uh, had this experience. So it's easy, uh, not that expensive, and uh, you, it can change your life. If you go to visittheafterlife.com, you can see videos of people going through the processors videos that t talk about reincarnation. There's videos talk about the life between lives. There's actually a session there with somebody going through a past life and then going where she goes between lives. So, um, you know, if it's not me, I do all California, but uh, if you want to find another good therapist in your area, if you're looking at this another thing, go to the Newton Institute uh, website and you can find a therapist in your area that'll help you. Very nice. And thank you. It's, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, we, we, you know, we touch on life between lives, but it actually is life during life that we're talking about more so than. Yeah, that's the most important one is what you're living right now is more important than anything you've done in the past. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And next time I'm going to throw a query to the two of you. And right. I'm going to tell you that your life is empty and meaningless. And it's the most positive thing you've ever heard in your entire life. But we'll discuss that next time. Thank you for listening. We'll see you. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other is all we've got. See you next time on Mind Dependence Report.